It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Hurdle got the drawback, but that's a good hustle by Nylander to beat Meyer to the puck. Nylander against Carlson one-on-one. -on -one. He comes across the line, tries to feed it across the ice, intercepted by Meyer. He feeds it ahead. Breakaway for Eric Carlson. Skates in, dinks, shoots, he scores! Spectacular goal by Eric Carlson in overtime. The Sharks beat the Maple Leafs four to three. Exactly, and listen, I mean, we all saw what happened with 30 seconds ago. That just cannot happen. That's that's losing hockey, and that's something we got to get out of our game. We should get into that period three-one. It should get that puck should get deep, even off the rush, and we make a pass five feet inside the blue line. That's got to get deep. Know the situation. Know who's out there from the other team. And, you know, but listen, you know, we're a work in progress. Uh, uh, we look like a hockey team tonight. And, you know, I was driving in with Brian Wiseman today, and I said to Wise, I said, this is the best I have felt in a month physically. I'm not tired. I feel energetic. And that was probably the most energetic we looked and played. And you could feel it even in the locker room before the game. So, you know, maybe there's a correlation to all of this that's gone on here in the first month of the season. But um, I'm just proud of our guys because uh, I thought we battled, we competed. And right off the bat, the first goal is just a complete second effort by Nieto and third effort by Nieto and Cooch following the play up. And that set the tone for the rest of the night. All right. Good morning, everyone, as we get ready for what's going to be a very, very fun afternoon of hockey. And I do mean afternoon as today's game starts at 1.30. No, we are not the earliest game of the day, but it is one of the earliest games uh, for a home game all year. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to be uh, in a good mood. And actually, I'm going to be in a good mood because I'm going to have my family there. Because uh, when you got, uh, well, my older boy just turned nine yesterday and my younger guy is six. But a lot of those night games don't work too well for them. So we saw the 1.30 on the schedule. I was like, all right, we're, we're going to that game. And... It's an opportunity for the Sharks to get their first back-to-back -back win of the year. Let's take a look at the standings as we get ready for this Saturday of hockey. In the Pacific, we see the Sharks are still in second-to-last place in the Pacific, but as I have said many times, they are doing better than Anaheim. They are tied with Vancouver, only two points back of L.A., only two points back of Seattle. And so, you know, the only team that's really out there in front right now is is Vegas. Um, if we look at other teams, you know, they're in the same picture pretty much as St. Louis, Nashville, Minnesota. Uh, the Sharks are better than Arizona right now. If we look at the East, uh, the Sharks are actually not that different than where Tampa Bay finds themselves right now. And Tampa Bay is a team that I think will get better as the year continues. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but this is early on in a season. That's why I don't overreact. That's why I don't freak out. That's why I don't just, you know, try and look at all too much that has happened in a, not in a vacuum, but I just try to say like, hey, we've got to let this play out before we have a better idea 
of where the Sharks are. And hopefully, if they can walk away with another you know couple of wins on this homestand, then we'll all feel a lot better about where things are before they go out onto the road again. And I do feel that Coach Quinn's comments after, this is the first time in a month I haven't felt tired. This is the first time that I haven't felt, um, you know, that overall travel jet lag. Because again, I'm not here to make excuses, but you do have to acknowledge reality. You go from an, a, a compressed training camp, fly halfway across the world to Prague, and then you fly back to the West Coast for a couple of games. Then you go to the East Coast before, for four before you come home for one. That is, you know, that is a lot to take for anybody's body, especially a professional athlete's. And I think it has to be noted that that was, you know, a factor in what we had seen from the Sharks thus far. Now, that didn't mean that we have to be happy about everything that we've seen, right? I mean, there are reasons why we didn't like the type of games that we were seeing. The Sharks were, you know, they were they were doing themselves in. I think that is what people were most uh, angry about is that the Sharks were playing well and then it would all fall apart in a matter of, you know, five, six, you know, just a, a couple of minutes or a couple of shifts or however you want to look at it. It was just not, you know, suddenly it would be like, okay, the Sharks are playing a good game and they're up 2 nothing, and oh boy, they're down 3-2, then 5-2. It was like, what, what's happening? Or we look at the Tuesday night game, up 2-1, entering the third, and they lose 4-2. I mean, those are the type of things where you look at it and you say to yourself, what exactly is causing this team to fall apart the way they are. And I know that we would watch these games, you know, I would see the same games that you would, and people would see, you know, relatively similar things. It was like, okay, you know, you got Eric Carlson stopping his skating and lunging at a puck, and, you know, they get by him. Or you just have a bad mental miscue, a lack of coverage uh, off a faceoff. Or, you know, you're looking at a goal that's being scored, and you're like, where are the defenders? Why is there nobody else down low? And you just, you kind of scratch your head because you're like, they're doing things well in the rest of the game, but when, you know, the opportunities are presented to the other team, they don't know how to react to it. And that is one of my big things. It's like, how do you respond to adversity? How do you respond to, you know, overall the ability to bounce back and do pretty much a a better job of being able to handle yourself in those situations? And that's why I appreciated so much what we saw in that game against Toronto as the Sharks. They go up 3-1 and they did make mistakes. They did commit errors that allowed Toronto to get back into that game. Yeah, I mean, they're a good team. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I think uh, we did a good job, though, in, in trading chances with them and, and creating our, our own stuff as well. Um, you know, we got two huge power play goals. They got one power play goal, so we won that battle. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that even though they tied it up there fairly late in the third, it, it felt like, uh, you know, we were playing with them and we were feeling confident that, uh, you know, we were going to win the game, uh, even though it took us extra minutes again. And that's the thing. Despite the record that Toronto is showing at this point of the season, they are a good team. They are going to eventually start clicking, and I don't think that they will be missing out on the playoffs, and I don't think that they will be a team that people are wondering about what's going on. Eventually, they will get it figured out, and that's, you know, that's what the Sharks are trying to do and, you know, get everything figured out. And listen, I don't know if you saw this story that's floating around out there that I saw there that Pierre Lebron apparently is saying that anyone on the Sharks is available except for Tomas Hurdle. I have a couple of reactions to that, and I will see where you are as well. Like, this comes out at a point when it's very, very early in the season, and the Sharks are overall not playing as well as had been expected. So I think that definitely comes into the fray, and whether or not it's true or whether or not it's Uh, made up or whether or not it's floated out there by someone in particular, you have to imagine that this is the type of thing where 
a message is being sent if it is valid. And if it's not valid, then, you know, people talk. But it's not the first time I would ever see something like this in, in professional sports. It's not the first time that I've ever seen the media being used to deliver a message one way or another. And I don't think guys like to hear that, that they're being given up on or that they believe they're on the the trading block this early in the season. I think they want to think that they can build and believe and make the team better. And so, you know, whether or not it's valid, that's that's up to you. Um, you know, stories get out there for a reason. But at the same time, I have to imagine that has more to do with messages being sent. That has more to do with overall an expression of unhappiness that someone didn't like how the team was playing. And again, valid or not, I, I don't know. But I always look at stories that get out there, wonder why they get out there. And it is just something that is, it could be part of the reality as well. You know, the Sharks are trying to make themselves better for the future. And if they think they have opportunities to make themselves better for the future, that might also be part of it as well. So, you know, again, many, many reactions to that. I don't know how much I want to buy into it, but at the same time, I don't, uh, I don't overreact. I don't expect trades to be made tomorrow. Taking a look at where Tampa is right now in terms of goals scored, they've got 25-4, 25 against. On the power play, they are hitting at about 25% of their chances. They're currently ranked 10th. Penalty kill, they've currently got an 82% kill rate. They are 13th in the league. So overall right now, they are relatively middling uh, looking at some of the stats. And again, I think Tampa will find their groove and they will be fine when all is said and done. I do want to cite some stats that I read on Fear the Fin the other day. Eric Carlson, nine points off the Sharks, 21 goals they have scored this season. 43% contribution rate from Carlson so far. That is pretty ridiculous. Uh, the Sharks have three wins this year, and Carlson has scored the game winner of all three, two of them coming in overtime. I, that's that's pretty big, right? Like, I can't overlook how important Eric Carlson has been up to this point of the season. And if you heard my interview with him after the uh, win the other night against Toronto that was uh, specifically on Morning Tide and nowhere else, I think we are hearing a comfortable and confident Eric Carlson right now, and I just hope that he continues to perform at the level that he is capable of in nine points through, um, you know, 10 games. And I think he's getting better too. I mean, he had a three point night the other night, and I think that that's not shocking. Eric Carlson is one of those guys that will get better as we get deeper into the season. The question mark for me is going to be whether or not he can stay healthy. And we know this Tampa Bay Lightning team likes to be physical, and we know that they like to, uh, play a heavy brand of hockey at times, which is also almost misleading because they can get up and down the ice about as fast as any team in the NHL, not called the Colorado Avalanche, and their puck movement is so deadly. Like, that's the thing, you know, watching Tampa in in person last year was that just watching how quickly they get the puck from one end of the ice to the other. Like, it's such quick, snappy passing. Like, it's such quick and snappy movement that even if they do not have the ability to have the fastest guys out there on the ice. They do have the ability to move the puck so quickly. And that's, you know, what we saw from the Sharks in the second period the other night. It was very much on point, snappy passing. They were also always the first to a loose puck. That is something that we need to see against this Tampa Bay team again today because Tampa Bay is so good. They can punish you in an instant. And, you know, being opportunistic and taking advantage of opportunities, if the Sharks have opportunities, they've got to score. If they do have, you know, the opportunity for a breakaway, they've got to score. If they can strip the puck, if they can slow down Tampa on the forecheck, like these are things that they need to do really, really well today because Tampa, again, the record, I don't buy it unless they are 
still having trouble 60 games in, but they will ultimately make you pay for any mistake that you make. And we have seen the Sharks shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. And mistakes in a game like today's are something that would you would you would hope can be avoided. And for the Sharks, you know, getting into this idea of being able to build upon a previous high quality performance isn't something that we have seen consistently. Now we can look back um, to the 2-1 loss they had, which they followed up with a 3-1 victory. That is one instance of some momentum being carried from one game to the next. But now I'm looking at an opportunity of where they did some things really, really well against the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday night, only to see a blow up in their faces. They responded very nicely on Thursday night with a back-and-forth win against Toronto where they had the lead, relinquished it, were in a tie, built up a a lead, relinquished it, saw it tied and go to overtime, and were able to win when all is said and done. Like, that to me, was indicative of growth. And now, to me, the next step for more growth is to build upon what the Sharks did in that game on Thursday and follow it up with a win here today. Now, it's, again, easier said than done by far because it's also a weird game time. 1.30 in the afternoon is not a normal schedule for these guys. It's actually closer to what we would see for Tampa in their you know biological rhythm and how their body works and being on that East Coast time, it's closer to 7.30. But, you know, it's... It's also going to be a good crowd out there today. It's also going to be, uh, you know, an opportunity for the Sharks to get that second consecutive win. And one of the things that I really, really liked out of Thursday night's win was the fact that, I mean, yes, obviously I like the early goal, but in a lot of these early games, the Sharks have been on their heels. They have been dealing with a lot of pressure early on, seeing a lot of shots come at their goalies. They didn't do that in the game on Thursday night. They were the more aggressive team out of the gates. And so tonight, I need to see the Sharks be the aggressive team out of the gates again, or this afternoon, excuse me. See, I, I can't even get used to this 1.30 start time. But no, it's true. You need to see the Sharks be the more aggressive team. You need to see the Sharks be the team out of the gate that makes Tampa responding. Tampa's on the road. Tampa is not playing their best hockey. Now, granted, they're still very, very good. Their quote-unquote not best hockey is still good enough in any situation to beat anybody out there in the league. That said... You as the home team and you as the team looking to establish more of a consistency at this point of the year, you've got to figure out how you can take over the game. And it's, again, why we look to Logan Couture having a big game the other night. That's what captains are supposed to do. Eric Carlson, a three-point night the other day. That's what superstars are supposed to do. And Timo Meyer scoring his first goal of the year. Timo Meyer coming off his first All-Star Game appearance, is a superstar in the making in terms of a power forward, his speed, his ability to use his body, his ability to score. He's got to start playing like a superstar consistently. And hopefully with that first goal off his back, he's able to put it in. And I will remind you that his five-goal game was an afternoon start a year ago. Early, early start. I believe on a Monday afternoon. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities for Timo Meyer to channel whatever he did in that last early start at SAP Center and put forth a good performance again today. And, you know, the other guy we're all looking at, of course, is Tomas Hurdle. You know, everybody in terms of the big names has been having a bit of a star turn. Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, of course, Timo Meyer's role in getting that third goal the other night. You know, the next name that we look at to have a big performance is Tomas Hurdle. And you have to imagine if we are just going by simplistic nature of statistics and previous performances being indicative of future performances, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, 
they will get theirs. They will score their goals. They will be capable of putting themselves in better positions to succeed. And for whatever reason, the slow start occurred. Again, I do not overlook the trip to Prague and then the West Coast to East Coast back to the West Coast timeline. I think that played a factor. Whether or not you want to buy into that, that's up to you. But it's only a matter of time before the both of them get rolling. And when you have the both of them rolling, along with Logan Couture looking like he's playing some really good hockey, along with Eric Carlson playing some really good hockey, you can start to build. You can start to have more of an idea of what you're going to do in any given game. Because the most important thing to me that I talk about in a sport, a motion sport like hockey um, or basketball or soccer, is that how many problems are you presenting at any given time out there on the ice? Like if you are your team, how much are you giving the opposition to worry about to where they have to maybe you know use their defense to stop one guy that opens up another guy? And I know that we're getting into the uh, you know the basics of what you do on any team, but it's true. If you are presenting problems, known problems by any one character, then are you opening up pro- opening up opportunities for your other teammates? And that's what you hope to see. Because if we look back at those Sharks, you know, just unbelievable teams of the past, and you see that they were able to have very good performers, you know, draw the attention away from other guys who were able to step into those open spaces and take advantage. That is part of being opportunistic. That is part of being a team that's able to take advantage in any given game to get the big wins, to get the big goals, to get the big series wins. It's like you know exactly what the Sharks are going to do. You can do everything you can to stop Timo Meyer. It might not work. But in your attempt to stop a Timo Meyer or a Tomas Hurdle, are you opening up opportunities for anyone else who's out there on the ice? That is what I look at from a high-quality team and if the Sharks can start doing that, if the problems being created by Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle and Eric Carlson in particular can lead to opportunities for other guys to contribute, then that is a best-case scenario. Right now, again, it's early in the year. It is still a team that is finding their way off a tough start to the season, record-wise, tough start to the season, schedule and travel-wise, and tough start to the season in terms of everyone being on the same page, finding that cohesion, finding that ability to put forth their best best effort and walk away with two points at the end of the game. You know, you've kind of, you, you've waded through, you've kind of been through some tough times up to this point. Now you have the opportunity to really start to try to stretch out because if you can get in that second win today, you've got Anaheim coming in. And right now, I feel like the Sharks should be capable of beating Anaheim. Granted, I said the exact same thing when the Sharks were playing Chicago. Also, as a second out of a back-to-back with some rough, rough travel, okay. But I did feel like the Sharks should have beat Chicago. And now, you know, again, if the Sharks play as well as I think they can, they should beat Anaheim. But what if you get that win over Anaheim after getting a win over Tampa? And that makes it three wins in a row. And then you've got Florida coming into town. That's going to be a tough challenge. But you've also got Anaheim coming into town again after that. Like, what if you can go on a stretch as you head out onto the road that you can win four out of five? And you can start to take advantage of that home ice. And you can start to feel like you're finding yourselves and you're finding your rhythm at this point of the year. You know, we watch Matt Nieto play some really, really good hockey as of late. He's feeling his game. I love that. I also feel like we're watching Nico Sturm get better and get more comfortable. I also feel like we're watching everyone get more comfortable and more acclimated and more used to their teammates. Does that mean that lines won't be shuffled? No, of course not. Does that mean we're not going to see changes? No, of course not. Things are going to change. Things are definitely going to be different, you know, in three weeks than they are today. But overall, in these three wins in their last five games, in things trending in the right direction, in the fact that, you know, they could have won four out of their last five, 
you do feel things, maybe start to relax, play a little bit more confidently, play a little bit more cohesively, and lend itself to better performances from one game to the next. Big challenge today. Let's see if the Sharks can get it done. All right, that wraps up for the buildup. Be sure to join us at 1 o'clock live as pregame coverage begins. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.